they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow me on all social media at mbills314. If you would like to send me an email, please send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Shout out to all my Spotify listeners, all my people listening on Facebook, or whatever platform you're listening on. Thank God that you tuned in. Make sure you continue to tell your family and friends to subscribe to the podcast. Today we're going to deal with part 3 of spiritual gifts and our gifts of the spirit This is episode number 64 The first part we dealt with 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Which dealt with what the scripture calls the gifts of the spirit Part 2 we dealt with what I like to call divinely instilled gifts Which is found in Romans chapter 12 And now today we're going to deal with something that if you don't have what we're going to talk about today Everything that we talked about in part 1 and 2 ain't gonna work god ain't gonna ain't god's not gonna funnel any power or anything through us if we don't do what first corinthians chapter 13 is telling us to do today so let's go to first corinthians chapter 13 and we're gonna jump right on into it part three of gifts of the spirit episode number 64 Let's do it. I will be reading out of the New Living Translation version of the Bible. You may be reading out of a different translation, but it's all good because we're still going to end up in the same place. Because no matter which way you cut it, it's still going to be chocolate cake. <laughs> all right. This is verse one. Y'all get that later. All right. Verse one, it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Now, just out of, before we continue reading, just out of those first three verses, we're coming to understand that there's something about this love thing that the Apostle Paul is saying as the Holy Spirit gives it to him that if we don't walk in love that these gifts and, and the faith and all these different things that we're are wanting to exemplify is not going to work remember the scripture says in 1 John that God is love the Bible says in John uh, 316 a scripture that the whole world knows which says for God so loved the world that he gave so by that alone and God is our example by that alone we see that love is an action love is an action and God that's something that the Lord wants us to do now before we continue reading let's go to 1st John chapter 4 and let's read verse 20 and 21 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. It says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, 
that person is a liar. If we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So like I said, love is an action. So if you truly love someone, uh, number one, you could pray for them. Prayer is an action. You know what I'm saying? You know, we can't have a we can't get our wisdom and how we conduct our lives from the entertainment industry. You know what I'm saying? Like our instruction, how we should conduct our lives we sh- and how we conduct our lives should be from the word of God. So it's none of that. Are they hating? I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm in my bag. I'm I'm doing better than you. Who is you? Like none of that. We can't have that kind of mentality. Well, I just speak for myself. I can't because God will convict me on that. Like I can't I can't look down on others for anything. You know what I'm saying? And we shouldn't do that. That's not love. So you can't flex like that and expect to operate in these gifts. They're not going to work. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's just not going to work. So let's just keep going. So we understand that love is an, love is an action. Jesus is the epitome of love. If you walk through the scriptures and we read about the Lord, everything he did was in love. Love was an action. When the 5,000 people were hungry and they only had a two-piece fish dinner, you know, two pieces of fish, five loaves of bread, the Bible says he took the little boy's lunch, gave thanks, and he gave it to the disciples to distribute to all the people. So with those... With those two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread, he was able to feed 5,000 people, plus women and children. That's love. Now, let's keep reading. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13, and let's pick back up at verse 4. I'm sorry, verse 3. It says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So... Then again, us giving to the poor, us doing these different things for the poor, us, you know, you know, I sacrifice this for you so that you can have such and such. But if the love is not there, it means nothing, meaning it's not profiting you anything. God is not receiving that because your heart, it wasn't right. Yes, love is an action, but love is also in the heart. It's displayed in action. But love comes out of your heart. I remember T.D. Jakes told a story one time about how he went to, um, I don't know if it was Anita Baker or if it was Luther Vandross. And uh, Bishop Jakes, if you so happen to come across this podcast, forgive me if I'm telling the story wrong or about who you went to go see. But it was it was some R&B singer. He said he went to that concert and he said prior to that, he always thought that the anointing was was goosebumps. Right. Then he said he went to the concert and they started singing. And he said, and I felt the same thing. And I realized that wasn't it. <laughs> so basically, he's trying to say it's not a feeling. God is not a feeling. All these things are working from the inside out. And the things that we do for other people or whatever it is we're talking about doing has to come from a place of love. Let's keep going. Verse four. Now, you know, we've seen this in everybody wet and we've seen it on the pamphlet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we're going to go over it. Verse four it says, love is, love is patient 
and kind. Now, you need not to look over this as if it's nothing, because I think a lot of times we do that with things in scripture. We just read over real fast because we're trying to get our reading in for the day. Like God gives us a star for reading. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you, oh, you did good. Here's your sticker. Here's your heavenly sticker. No, we need to make sure that we're going over this slow and we understand and comprehend what he's trying to get across to us. So love is patient. That's one. Love is also kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. So it doesn't keep a record of the person who wronged you. If you are keeping record of a person who wronged you, then you're not in love. And these gifts won't work. Now, that is not saying that you don't remember what the person or persons did to you. That's saying you're not keeping record of her from the fact that you're treating them based on how they wronged you. And the wrong could have been from five years ago, 10 years ago, three months ago. God is saying, I don't treat them in a rude manner. Now, if the person is conniving and all those things, you just simply remove yourself from that person. Now, of course, you know, common sense, you don't allow that person to invade your space if you know that they're continually trying to bring harm to you. You know what I'm saying? But if the person, you know, apologized, asked you to forgive them, you don't keep bringing it up. You don't keep record of that. You don't and you don't treat them just like you don't treat them how they treated you, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? It ain't coming out right, but you understand what I'm trying to say. You don't treat them how they treated you. All right. And I'm speaking to myself, too. That's just all of us. So as I'm teaching, as we're going over, you know, the scriptures, I'm learning as well. So it's not like I'm teaching you because I'm teaching you because I got all this stuff together. No, I got to walk out the scriptures just like all of us do. So it says it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong or being wrong. And anytime any of us get out of love, we get back in. That's just this sounds simple to me, right? We get out of love, get back in. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that, you know, you step out of love. Oh, my goodness. God's not going to use me anymore or God is not going. No. If we see ourselves getting out of love, we get back in. Verse six, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Wow. It does not rejoice about injustice. I said this before in episodes past. God hates injustice and God knows more than we know. He hates injustice when someone he knows has done wrong and then they get off some way down here on earth you know through the systems or whatever that's that yeah that's not a thing he hates injustice and he tells us not to rejoice over injustice but rejoice whenever the truth wins out speaking of injustice (laughs) 
I mean, we have the, the Jesse Smollett situation. R. Kelly has just been indicted. And we have Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. He just got caught on, I guess, holding a prostitution ring. So it's a it's a lot that's going on right now. Now, out of them three situations, all of them going to have to go to trial in some way. Um, the R. Kelly thing, I think we, yeah, I think the whole world know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's pretty evident. So justice is going to win out on that. We we pray. We hope so. You know that the girls that were harmed in that um, get vindicated. So, but for people to hear about R. Kelly, see all the evidence, and then you're rejoicing over the fact that ah, see he didn't go to jail. Oh, I'm so happy. But nah, you can't do that. Sure, he got out in court, but you know that, you know, hey, he did wrong. There's evidence that. Same thing with the Jesse Smollett situation. His situation, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't really know what he was thinking. He brought that on himself. I mean, they probably have him pay a fine and give him a probation or something, but, you know, justice will be served and never go. I want nobody hurt, so, I mean, I don't think there's really no point in him serving jail. Now, the prostitution ring on Robert Kraft, I mean, I don't know. I just brought it up to say because we're dealing with injustice and these situations are pretty relevant. So pray for them. Nobody's beyond prayer. That's love. That's an act of love. And God commands us to walk in love. He doesn't suggest it, but he commands us to walk in love. Yeah, you still got to. Yeah, we still got to pray for should still pray for our Ellie. Yes. God still don't want people to go to hell. He still doesn't want people. Yeah, it's so, yeah, nobody's beyond prayer. Just remember that. Now, our flesh, we may not be feeling them, but you want to pray for their soul. Okay, verse 7. It says, love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. Hallelujah. So these verses is really showing us how we can gauge, you know, like a gas gauge, like you see the gas gauge and it's as it's going down. Once it gets to the E or close to the E, you know that you're about to go on empty. Once you see the gauge go back up, once you put after you put gas in it and goes up to the F, you know it's full. So it's kind of a gauge. It's kind of letting us know, like, okay, am I in love? Am I out of love? This is what these scriptures are showing us. So, you know, all of us are going through and have gone through something. So he's saying that through every circumstance, we are to endure. You understand that? Endure. If we endure, we en- that's a way that we engage that we're in love. Remember, the scripture says God is love. Because as, you know, when we go through things, that doesn't give us an excuse to mistreat people. Oh, you know I'm going through. You know I got a lot on my mind. You know, so now we've all been there. But like I said, if you step out of love, step, get back in it. Just jump, you jump back in as fast as you can, as fast as you realize. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have did that. Yo, got to, or it just won't work. None of our little deeds and acts and things we're trying to do, it won't work. We gotta, we gotta stay and remain in love. Verse eight, it says prophecy and speaking in. An unknown language, unknown languages, and special knowledge will become useless. 
Okay, it's talking about those gifts that we were dealing with in 1 Corinthians 12. But love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So, yeah, we got a lot. I love walk. I love talk and everything that we're talking about doing. We got we to gotta be on top of it. We got to stay in love. Let's go over a couple of scriptures on love. So we're going to step out of 1 Corinthians 13 for a minute. Now, as we're dealing with love, as I begin to study, I've learned that there are four types of love. Okay, four types of love. So we've been reading on love, walking in love. We do know love is an action, but there are four types of love. And let's go over those quickly. One kind of love is called Euros. That's E-R-O-S. And it's the Greek word for sensual or romantic love. So love between a husband and wife, sensual, sexual desire. That's called Euros. So that's the type of love, right? That's the kind of only love that people be thinking about. When you think about love, are you talking? Uh-uh. There's just one type. Another kind of love is called storge. That's S-T-O-R-G-E. Storge. It's a term for love in the Bible that you may not be familiar with. This Greek word describes family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children and brothers and sisters. Storge. So you can kind of understand this. Like there are different types of love, right? So the Euros and Storge. Another kind of love is called Philia. P-H-I-L-I-A. It's the most general type of love in scripture, encompassing love for fellow humans, care, respect, and compassion for people in need. And the last kind of love is called Agape. Agape is the highest of the four types of love in the Bible. This term defines God's this term defines God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. It is the divine love that comes from God. Agape love is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. And that love is the kind of love that we are to walk in. We're supposed to walk in all four of these. But as you can see, the, the first three is going to kind of come natural. I mean, if you married your husband and wife, the sensual, sexual love, that's going to come. You got brothers and you got siblings or whatever, parents, that love and affection you have for them, that's natural. That's going to come. The third one, you know, love for humankind. You see people that, you know, 
fell on hard times, things like that, compassion, that's the type of love. But the love that we've been reading about today in 1 Corinthians 13, that's the agape love, which is the God kind of love. That's the love that God has for us that no matter how bad we act, God still loves us. But his love is not an excuse for us to sin. You understand what I'm saying? That's called taking advantage of someone's love. And I'm sure all of us have been taken advantage of at some point in our lives. It doesn't feel good. So because God loves us unconditionally without conditions, it should make us want to do what's right. Not trying to find loopholes and, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this because, you know, Lord, he going to forgive me anyway. No. That's not what that's for. Not at all. We should all desire to do what's right because it's right. So this agape love, we're supposed to display towards humankind, towards each other. Love without conditions. I love you, but this is what you got to do first for me to love you. Nah, that ain't going to work. That's not going to work. So, I mean, so we all can do better. And as we're dealing with you know spiritual gifts and us operating in our gift we have to understand that if we don't have love god is not going to flow through us his power his goodness to affect others without his love because if god allowed these supernatural gifts to flow through us and we're out of love then it will cause people to look at god in a funny way so if you prophesy to somebody or operating one of these gifts and then you turn around and cuss them out or being rude all these different things you think that that person looking at you sideways and they are but they also looking at God sideways because we're supposed to represent him doesn't mean you're going to be perfect absolutely not but there's a certain level of character that we all should possess that we can't just be out here living loosely <laughs> you know what I'm saying and it's all good Every, you know we may have had our loose times or whatever but let's, let's tighten it up let's ask God to help us to tighten it up you know you, you never one thing about the Lord that I love so much is that he's so long suffering which means patient that at this point in our lives, you can't even imagine how much he has put up with from us. How many times we said he wasn't going to do it and did it anyway. Lord, forgive me this time and then do it again. Lord, forgive me and then do it again. And he's still right there, open arms, loving on us, answering prayers. So how can we then turn around and look at somebody else and they didn't pay us five dollars back and we ready to wipe them off the earth ready to put up a post about them or talk down like you can't do that now you can because you have a free will you're a free moral agent but it's not sufficient it's not beneficial for you and then you turn around and say god bless me and then he gonna tell you no you need to love him you need to get in love get in me all right we got it <laughs> I think we got it, man. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and also share this with your family and friends or anyone whom you feel we blessed by it. 
Um, remember also that you can send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, the latter verse. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.